And happy Friday, everyone. Welcome into the TrojanSports.com podcast preview edition. I am Chris Morales. Hopefully you enjoyed our message board show yesterday, last night, with Chris Swanson at the helm and our recap show earlier in the week with Scott Schrader. Mr. Swanson, if you missed any of that and you want to hear it before kickoff of Washington, USC, tomorrow, 4.30 p.m. at Husky Stadium up in Seattle. Just check it out right there at the Trojansports.com podcast page on our site at Trojan Sports, on iTunes, or at Audioboom. Well, we're going to preview the game that we've all waited for, number 20 USC, number 4 Washington. Let's do it. Lars Hansen from thedogreport.com is going to join us. Sean Salisbury plus the Swanson Skivo. Let's get to the bat phone right now. Mr. Lars Hansen. And now on the Trojansports.com podcast, preview edition as we get ready for Saturday. Huskies, Trojans, he is the publisher of thedogreport.com, Lars Hansen. Lars, this one's been circled for a while on the Trojan schedule, and I assume on the Huskies schedule as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of been one when once Washington got past Stanford and Oregon, it was kind of the next big test with <clears throat> once Sam Donald took over quarterback, obviously USC turned their season around. So uh, this has been one where Washington hasn't publicly said this is on their kind of focus, but this is this is a game that they've been focusing on for a while. You know, first off, congratulations of slipping into the number four spot with due respect yeah. after the snub with A&M, and obviously Mississippi State took care of that last weekend. So you guys are number four, and finally that respect there, but, you know, a lot being said about strength of schedule, Washington strength of schedule, and I don't think it's fair because SEC schools play a lot of cupcakes along the way. It's just that SEC, uh, Big 12, Big 10 sort of bias, but... This one definitely, when you talk about strength of schedule, simply from the name recognition, Lars, you guys beat USC, and that's a big deal, especially USC coming off a five-game winning streak. That's got to hype up the, the Huskies going into this thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the way it has to be. Is You know, UW is finally starting to get some recognition, but it's 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 almost like they still have to keep proving themselves this week, and obviously USC is a formidable task, no doubt about it. And I think, you know, this game, I think if Washington was able to pull it out, would be one that I think the respect would finally come, both um, with certain players getting more national attention and then the Huskies as a whole kind of saying, okay, yeah, they're for real now that they beat USC. Saturday, 4.30, Husky Stadium up in Seattle. Always a tough road trip for any opponent, just the loudness, the, the way that stadium can be, the weather. How's the weather looking for Saturday? Is it going to be rainy and cold? Uh, I don't believe so. I actually haven't had a chance to look, but it's been nice and sunny the past couple of days. Um, doesn't appear to be any change on the way, which is really weird for Seattle in November, but uh, it's, the way, it's the way the world's going these days. So uh, it, shouldn't be a, it shouldn't be too cold of a game. Uh, the temperature's probably going to dip a little bit lower uh, as the game goes along, but it shouldn't be too bad weather-wise. As a Trojan fan and part of Trojan sports, I got to say I'm actually happy to hear that. That's a good thing. You know, yeah. we don't need a wet field on top of everything else, and it to be rainy and cold. Right, last weekend, uh, I watched the game, the the Washington Cal game, because it was on after the SC game, and to watch mm-hmm. Jake Browning just simply go back, have so much time, and bomb the ball continuously is just incredible. I mean, he. It, it's like watching a video game. Is that how it's been all season long for the dogs? 
Oh, pretty much, yeah. It, it, it didn't get a lot of national attention or really even conference attention uh, through the first three games because you looked at the schedule and you know it's easy to look really good when you're playing no one. But it almost allowed Brian to get into a groove from day one, and he's continued. He's carried it on. He's right now. It almost seems like no one notices. But he's if the season were to end today, he'd be the all-time single-season leader in passing efficiency in NCAA history, and it wouldn't even be close. Wow. But you, but you don't hear that. But you, you don't hear that thrown around often because there's just not there's attention on Washington, but there's not a full buy-in, and and it's kind of one of those things where Browning has been doing this all season long, really only with a couple receivers, you know, mainly in John Ross and Dante Pettis. But that offense has been going since day one. It's just now it's getting more attention. You know, I I feel like USC has a is a pretty good secondary. I don't know if a good enough secondary to be able to prevent the video game of Browning, but definitely yeah. a secondary that could, could hold it. It's got to be a key for the USC defense going into this game. How about on the on the other side of the ball for the Huskies' defense? Some big fellas in that front seven, and obviously last week against Oregon, USC opened up the run, blew it apart with Ronald Jones scoring four touchdowns. Do you think that the, the Huskies' defense is one, especially on the front seven and that front line, to be able to stop the USC run going into this game? Uh, I think they will. I think they proved uh, it's kind of a good example of the Utah game where even even though Joe Williams' numbers against uh, UCLA the previous week were kind of like Browning's video game numbers, it wasn't really a a fair comparison. But Williams was able to get a a fair amount of yards on the iron, but then once they got into the red zone, that's where UW's defense kind of started to clamp down and they didn't really get much from it. So there is a chance that USC can definitely get over 100 yards in this game, and that's that's still saying something against a good Washington's front seven. But it's going to matter more what can USC do in the red zone on the run game than anything else. And, and, you know, Sam Darnold is a mobile quarterback and has been able to show to move, which has been part of the positive of of what USC has been able to turn around this season after the disastrous beginning. Um, Does that make you afraid based on what you've seen with Darnold, or do you think that the Huskies' defense can stop that as well, especially in the red zone, like you point out? Um, well, I think the, the key for – you kind of have to look back at the Arizona-Washington game, even though it was a long time ago, it seems like. It was Brandon Dawkins' ability to get Washington with his legs, not with his arm, but more with his legs. That is something that Sam Darnold is going to have to do against Washington's defense. And he, and he can do it. There's ways to beat Washington's defense. It's just coming up with the right sort of package to work with, not in the sense of creating a special package, but – how much you use the you know the zone read option? How much does Darnold just kind of run on his own? But th- that's definitely a threat that'll help uh, the USC offense because if they can get him going on the ground or even just something, maybe a couple of scrambles every now and then, that's going to open it up for the play action and the run game to, to get open as well. Do you think that the Huskies' run game is going to be something that USC is going to have to worry about on Saturday? Uh, I think so. I think it's always something to worry about, especially with Miles Gaskin and the way they kind of use the offshoot, you know, the John Ross um, sweep kind of thing, where it's not it's not the Stanford offense to where you know they're just handing the ball off to Gaskin and he's pounding it away. But Gaskin has a pretty underrated vision. He's he's pretty pretty patient with the ball, and that's what allows him to kind of get a lot more yards after contact. Um, and so I think I think Washington should have a fine time running the ball. I don't think it's going to be uh, it's basically they use the run to set up the pass is what they've been doing this season. John, John Ross goes deep, and that's pretty much been Washington's go-to play from about the 50 in. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty incredible so, <laughs> to watch. 
Yeah, and, and, and they've been going to it more often than not, where, you know, they kind of have Gaskin run, you know, maybe two, three, four plays to get, you know, close to midfield, and then it, they go for the home run ball and usually get it. So it's a matter of being able to stop the run initially so that they can't get to the play action, because if you get to the play action, Washington's shown that they can't really be stopped. Lars Hansen, publisher, dogreport.com, the Washington rival site. We'll get back to the game in a moment, but I just want to ask you from a recruiting standpoint, has it just, has this almost, I don't want to say improbable, because Washington's been building this team and getting it together, but definitely from a national attention standpoint, I don't think any of us would have said, oh, at this point in November, Washington's going to be the number four school in the country. A 9-0 and start, 6-0 and in the conference, has it just been making the recruiting trail even explode, or has Washington been recruiting pretty positively even before this? Uh, Washington, Washington has been recruiting pretty well over the past about two, really the past two years, but this year especially, their class is done aside from they're, they're basically holding out for the three offensive linemen they're going to take, and then they basically have a spot, of, or a scholarship basically just holding right there for the next player basically who's an athlete that they can just plug in and say, you know what, we're going to have an extra defensive lineman or safety or cornerback. And so they got to get to pick and choose who they want towards the end and they don't have to scramble at the end. Um, and I mean, they've, they've done pretty well getting the instant guys to say, you know, uh, Austin Joyners, who's, who's a redshirt freshman, who's a four-star uh, commit, and he's still pretty buried in the death chart. I mean, he's making some, he's been making some plays kind of towards the latter half of games, but that's another guy where at any other program he's starting right now, but because of Washington's depth that they've been able to build in recruiting, it's, there, there's just guys right behind these guys, and, and as the couple, as the next couple of years go on, it's going to come to fruition and really sets the plan for Peterson. The game on Saturday, 4.30 p.m. at Husky Stadium, which means we'll be under the lights as the second half comes to an end, uh, where it might cool down. Where do you, I mean, yeah. let's, go, let's go prediction time, Lars. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I don't think it's, it's not going to be a blowout. Washington's not going to you know, hang 70 on USC. I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, I still haven't seen it where, unless it's a road game, much like uh, Utah and Arizona, at home, Washington just hasn't been exposed at all, whether it, on offense or defense. There hasn't been a team that has really showed that they can come in a Husky Stadium this season. And if there is any team to do it, it's USC. But I don't. I think it'll be a good game. I still think it'll be relatively close, probably a two-three possession game. But I think it's still going to be that second half separation that Washington has in the end. Now, if they can get out to an early lead, I, I think USC is hurting from from the beginning at that point. You think it'd be almost impossible to catch up with the video game, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the way UW operates is if they can get out to an early lead, which you know, you've seen 21, 28 sometimes in the first quarter, you, you, that, it's impossible to come back because let's, let's say UW's offense doesn't score again, they still have one of the best defenses, at least in the Pac-12, throughout the country, depending on how you look at the numbers, um, to, to stop your offense, so if you can't put any points up, it doesn't even matter. They could, you know, Brownie could, you know, take a rest, and so it's it's kind of like you have to, you have to go punch for punch with Washington, and that's what Arizona did, and uh, albeit that was in seventy degree heat in the desert, um, before you really had a had a true test. So it's it's going to be interesting. Um, I still think you guys going to win, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near a blowout. 
even though this is the TrojanSports.com podcast, I want to ask you a, uh, a Washington-related question because I'm just interested to know. Um, if, if you guys get past USC, which you feel confident about, Arizona State should not be a challenge at this point. Are you guys at all concerned about Wazoo? On November 25th, another story of really not getting any real national attention and their season and their offense. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's the thing. You know, Wazoo, they, you know, I've had I've had some people try and make the case where, you know, you have done conferences and jokes, so why doesn't everyone throw out Wazoo's first two losses? And it's like, well, you lost, so you can't really throw out a loss. Um, and, I mean, they've been a totally different team. But at the same point, they're still beating all the teams that are not really deemed the greatest. They, they, they haven't beaten the Washingtons. They haven't beaten, you know, the, the truly teams. I mean, they lost to Eastern and Boise State to begin the season, so that doesn't really help their cause. Um, I mean, they're a good team. You know, Leach's offense is always always going to produce some numbers, and their, and their defense is actually better than you know, kind of right up there with Washington in terms of, you know, quality overall, not in terms of skill, in terms of position for position, but in terms of result. Um, but I just, I see the Apple, I see it's more or less, if it's going to be a problem, it's going to be because it's the rivalry game and it's the Apple Cup and there's finally something to play for for the first time in at least over a decade, if not right. more. Right. Well, very good stuff. Lars Hansen, publisher, dogreport.com, thedogreport.com, excuse me. And uh, we're looking forward to it. This is huge for USC because many people, including our own Chris Swanson, feels like the last five games has been sort of the exhibition part of USC's schedule. Uh, if you were going to come back and under Sam Darnold and Clay Helton was going to save his job, it was going to be these five games after a, a, you know such a dismal start. But obviously this is big for USC, and a victory here would be huge, and it would be an upset. But we're going to see Saturday, Husky Stadium. We look forward to it, and look forward to catching up with you soon, Lars. I always, uh, always a pleasure. Thank you, man. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you, Lars Hansen, publisher of the dogreport.com, Washington rival site. Back to the bat phone, the satellite phone, and the QB, Shots Houseman. The TrojanSports.com preview show, getting ready for USC Washington, a man who joins us often, and we love it every time. The QB, the one and only Sean Salisbury. Well, Sean, brother, we finally made it to USC Washington. Five-game winning streak. Yes. Now it's time to go up to Husky Stadium. And just out of the gate, I'm going to ask you, can we do it? Oh yeah, and and I uh, I actually was talking to Damon Heward, who does the former Washington quarterback, who does the broadcast for UW, and and then they're feeling it too that they know that they're in for a game, and, and I think USC knows that they're not only in for a game, but they can go in there and win, and I think they they can. Now, aside from Alabama, there will be no tougher test they'll face at, at any point in time than, than what they're about to face now. And I can tell you what: first of all, they got a chance because that quarterback who's got the ball in his hand has made everybody around him better. Yep. He's a playmaker, and he's going up to face. Well, when you think about the Pac-12 next year, bud. A healthy Rosen, Sam Darnold, and Jake Browning, you think we're pretty good in, in, in the passing category. So this is – this is. I can remember when I played and Don James was a coach, Chris, this was the toughest. This is the toughest building when they're good that I've, that I've ever played in. It is the toughest, loudest – that place will be swaying – and it'll feel like the stadium is, is moving, and that's the truth. And they'll come down that tunnel barking like a dog. Now, that being said, this still is USC. You shouldn't be intimidated by any building. You've got the, the quarterback's young. It'll be the, it'll be the most hostile atmosphere he's faced since he's been a quarterback, trust me. And it'll be loud, and it'll be, but it's fun. This way it's supposed to be. You don't know what the weather's going to present. 
That's what makes this great. This place great. The fans are on top of you, but they can go in there and win because we're playing more physical, and the quarterback's making sure with with his feet and his arm, he's making enough plays and a lot of them right. to keep a pass rush off balance and to not let Washington get the ball and con- and control the ball the entire game. So their defense isn't on the field the entire game, meaning USC. So it is amazing what one quarterback, and it's not just him, but the, the spark that he's brought to this football team. And he gives them a legitimate chance to go in there and win. But it will not be easy because it will be as loud and as brutal that he's ever played in. And maybe as loud as any building that Sam Darnold or this football team will play in in four years. That's how that, that it's going to be a hell of a match. Sean Salisbury with us. So let me ask you, um, is it the loudest place both in the, your NFL career and your college career you ever played? Yeah, I, yeah, I would say so. Now, I've been to some buildings, you know, having played in Seattle when it was the kingdom as a home team. There were times when I, you can't hear yourself think and that's the truth and I felt you know I can remember when I was in Seattle my rookie year in Elway we were battling for the playoffs and Elway's team Denver came to town and I thought man would this be and I played there when in like Fouts' last year and he had to come to town I thought man here's these are the greatest quarterbacks on the planet and they're having a miserable time so that was loud and and but it's in the same city they love they're passionate about it that building at University of Washington built straight up Right and and just like the the Hawks building is now and it comes it rains down on you and and I would say that the Kansas City was always loud because when they were good see a red you know Lambeau Field was loud there were some loud places and I played you know, against University of South Carolina the other USC and it was loud there because it was just because when the Trojan we traveled we got the best of everybody Notre Dame but yeah I'm thinking of the NFL Minnesota was loud too because it was an indoor facility uh, as a home team. But I don't. I, I can't ever remember being a more hostile, and I don't mean hostile where they disrespect the disrespected. They were very respectful, good fans. But I mean hostile, loud, brutal, difficult, miserable, physical. Could be wet, rainy, and and, and cold, and, and that moist cold. Right. Uh, but when it comes to loud, they, they better have a lot of silent count. And if I was Clay Helton this week, I would have played a lot of loud music, and and a crowd roar during practice. And, and tried to simulate as much as you can. But this will be the loudest building. It'll be louder than Jerry's house was uh, against Alabama, I assure you. So, you know, I watched uh, Washington and Cal last Saturday night after the USC game, USC-Oregon, and I was amazed to see yep. Jake Browning do his thing. I mean, to just go to drop back and just bomb the ball. I, I mean, he is really he's, it's he's amazing, really good, Chris. It's amazing. Yeah, he... Yeah, I, I got laughed at now, and, and I, I, I don't do much. You know, I don't make many right decisions. I try to make them once in a while. But I, I told my uh, on our show with my, my my guys here at the beginning of the year. I said the team to watch out for for a Final Four team is Washington. This was back in August, and I said, and I want you to keep an eye on Jake Browning because he's special. And I didn't realize he was this good this fast as a as a, as a true sophomore. And Washington, I knew they were going to be good. But they're even better than I thought as well in physical, and they run the ball well. But this kid is accurate. He's if he if he did not play in the Pac-12 and their games are at night, you know, we we, we kind of get disrespected that way. If he was playing in the SEC or the Big 12, the noon game, the Big Ten, everybody in America would know him, and he's still a top four candidate for the Heisman Trophy. And nobody even gets to watch him because people aren't paying attention to him. He is a unique, special player. He's accurate. The Trojans have to hit him. Chris, they have to hit him from the opening snap. They got to knock him in his mouth. And I don't mean hurt him. I'm talking about just be physical and make him keep picking himself up off the ground. Because if they don't, and he gets into the rhythm, and they know how to run the football there too, this is tough. We got two great 
young, talented quarterback playing in this game, and I mean great, awesome potential. But this Browning kid is, you know, he doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not a 6'6", six, six, 240. He's not, you're not the biggest guy in the world, but he's accurate, and he makes every play, and he does throw the ball. He does exactly what you need him to do and then some, and he played, you know, the six touchdowns last week. So this is a this – is, this is fun. This is about as good a quarterback matchup. Put it this way. That's the best quarterback matchup in the country right. this year. There wasn't Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson early in the season when Clemson played Louisville, and this is the best young quarterback matchup in America. Uh, the, the battle of this weekend, but the best young quarterback matchup in the country that we've had all year long. QB Sean Salisbury with us. I feel good about the USC secondary, and going into this game, I mean, I would imagine one of the things Cal was, I mean, their, their secondary was obliterated. They've been injured and beaten down all year. They just couldn't keep up. But if our, if our secondary yep. could, could get back and drop back with him, and then we could maybe get our front seven or, or somebody to, to be able to hit him, because I couldn't see, I didn't see Cal hit him at all. Maybe I missed it because I was no. falling asleep. But if we can get to him, yep. I would imagine that's something that he hasn't seen during the season, based on who some of the teams they've played and some of the teams they've just blown away. If we can start to hit him yep. and get that pressure going, maybe we start to rattle Jake Browning a little bit. And we in, in America, especially we, have not seen that yet. No, and that's one thing. It's like anything else. Like I told you about the with the with the stadium that USC is about to play in. It's the same thing. You're exactly right about the Jake Browning situation and hitting him. He's not. He, he doesn't spend a whole lot of time on his back because of the protection and they're blowing people out and they're so good. You are exactly right. And I and our the secondary our secondary at Southern Cal is good. This will be the toughest he's faced and will be the toughest he'll face all year long. And hell, even if they get into the Final Four. Alabama included. When FC is now right, now they're getting their thing going. Their secondary is really good. Washington's receivers are good. But while it's, people always ask, is it the chicken or the egg? Does the pass rush make a secondary better or vice versa? And I, and I think it works hand in hand. But I'm going to tell you, the longer you can hold up in the secondary, the more chance you have of getting to him and forcing him to do stuff that doesn't make him comfortable. And that's what I mean. Him early, but you can trust USC's corners to play some man on the edge. You can be aggressive, which, which the – we know the defensive coordinator Clinton likes to Clancy likes to rush the passer and 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 put in pressure and we've got the back end to hold up. A lot of teams can't, but but this USC secondary can. This is one hell of a matchup. Their receivers and Browning's accuracy on USC secondary. Um, I love this matchup. Matter of fact, other than the quarterback matchup, which they don't play against each other, obviously offense defense, they're both on the you know on, on field on the field at different times. The best matchup in this game is going to be. The secondary against the receiving core, Washington, in my opinion, it's it, it, it's pay pay buy a ticket and watch it type of uh, television. You know, Clancy's sort of a salty kind of guy. He reminds me of a guy kind of like Grant Torino style. He's sitting on his porch at night, just drinking some warm doers, maybe with a, you know, maybe with a shotgun on his lap. <laughs> I mean, he seems salty at times, and he he has done wonders with this defense since the beginning of the season, and and also I love it. Go ahead. No, go. Go ahead. Uh, you, uh, our offensive line, obviously, has turned it around, and a lot of that just goes to the energy of what of what Sam Darnold has brought. But Washington's got some big boys on that front seven, and I'm a little worried about that. Yep. I mean, they got some big yep. dudes on that defensive line. Yep, no doubt about it. And, and about the Clancy, I love him. I've known him for so long, and he does, and he'll you know grab that Paps Blue ribbon, too, and can it <laughs> off my lawn. Yes, and he loves the pressure. You know, and I love I, mean, I, I love defensive court. When I played against Jim Johnson, God rest his soul, the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia, and guys that like to go get the quarterback and, and are relentless pressure. And I'm going to tell you, Chris, that's not fun as a quarterback. I've been on the receiving end of 
of coordinators like that that they just constantly because it's not the sacks, it's the constant hit. Now they're they're nice, but it's the constant hits and pressures that force you to get the ball out early, and that's what Clancy's going to want. He he doesn't want Jake Browning to get in rhythm, and he's got a reputation does Clancy of being a pressure guy, but he also changed it up a little bit. So I'm a huge fan of his number one. So that that'll be a that's that's a fun matchup. And you're right, I like salty defensive coordinators when they're on my side of the ball. I don't like them when I have to throw the ball against them. That's one. Um, they do have big boys, but you know what, Chris? And I love this match because you know how I am about the physical versus finesse crap. Early in the season when we've had this conversation, I, I, it drove me crazy. We were getting bullied. We were getting bullied and pushed around by teams that have no business bullying and pushing USC around. Are you kidding me? We have to when, when we walk into a place and the intent they're not intimidated by. We've made a living with the, the Keith Van Horns, the Don Mosbars, the Bruce Matthews, the Tony Baselli. That's what we built our program on is the big fellas up front manhandling you. And they are big. Washington's always physical and tough up front, and they have been forever. But this now reminds me of old-school Washington, USC. When they were pregnant, when Don James was there and John Robinson, and we'd run it, and we'd hit them in the mouth, quarterback being efficient, but the, the offensive line protected, and you help the guy up, and we come back, and we're going to tell you we're running it there, and we're going to hit you some more. And I love it. And so this is. They're big up front. And we got to protect the football. You can't have any hit sacks, fumbles in short field because that's when Washington will put their foot on your throat. So, yes, those big fellas. And I think Sam's helped them. You mentioned it. He has helped them because what happens when you know your quarterback, number one, is going to protect you by getting the ball out of his hand with accuracy, but also can buy a little time with his feet, extend the play. Yep. Sam, the energy that that kid brings is, is, a, is, a, is, is makes a world of difference for the guys up front. And if you're faint of heart, don't show up to this one. This is grown man football. It just is. And it's about time, and this is the way USC is supposed to play. And the Pac-12 and football across the country is better when the, when the guys in purple are a good football team. And Chris Peterson's a hell of a coach. They're going to be ready. And he's on the verge, supposedly, of signing a new 10-year contract, which we, which, we, which we don't hear much of in sports these days in college. I don't think Washington wants to let that Nike money up at Oregon get in the way if they're going after it. So they're about to lock him up to a long-term contract, which, which, which probably doesn't, as Trojan fans would probably say, oh, that's a bummer because he's a really good coach. And he will have them ready and coached up this weekend, and I think Clay will be ready for this too. But the noise is going to be a difference in this game. We're going to have to do some silent count to be able to deal with that. Well, there's no doubt uh, Chris Peterson deserves every bit of it, considering none of yes. us. I mean, you called it that they would they would be there, but you might be one of the few in America. I mean, we knew they'd be good, but this good, number four in the country, 9-0, and and blowing teams away with the – I mean, Jake Browning, it looks like a video game. So we'll see what goes down. What do you yeah, think when, when Saturday night is a final at Husky Stadium? How do you think it's going to shake out? Well, the, the 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 Homer part of me says USC is going to win because we've got great momentum and and they're playing really good football. But the analysts don't want to be you know want to be fair and right and do it the right way. I'm picking Washington, and I hope I'm wrong. But I, I actually, Chris, I think you know, I, I, I'd take Alabama over the field. But if you told me right now, if why on a neutral site, Washington against Michigan, Washington against Clemson, and this isn't Pac-12. You know, I mean, while I love I'm not being a homer. I think Washington can beat both of those teams. And by the end of the year, hell, they may be sitting in a position to, to, to keep this up to play one of those teams in the Final Four. This, is a, this isn't just an underrated team nationally because people don't know about them. They don't see them. This is a hell of a football team. I, I think Washington's a little better than we are all around. Right. And the big difference is 
we're fast and we can run at SC. But if this game was at home, I'd be taking USC just because I know the difference-making that building causes, and I think that actually is going to be the difference in the game. We'll make some plays, and so will they, but we'll get some stops, and so will they. I just think the home atmosphere at Washington is going to be a big, huge factor in this game. And I'll, it's, it's going to be close, though. Uh, it's going to be one in the fourth quarter. This isn't over at halftime. It's going to be one in the fourth quarter. I think that building makes a difference, and I hope the hell I'm wrong. There you go. At Sean Unfiltered on Twitter, the QB, Sean Salisbury with us. Thank you so much, brother. Enjoy the game Saturday night, and we'll run you down soon as always. I can't wait. I won't miss a snap of it. I love you. Thanks, brother. Love you too, bro. The one and only, the QB, Sean Salisbury. Gotta love that passion all the time. All right, this continues right along the preview show. I'm Chris Morales. Mr. Swanson is ready for the skilo of the prediction. I know a lot of people are getting excited about this game this weekend because USC's shown a lot of improvement. Uh, they're on a win streak, and it seems like the Trojans uh, are playing their best football of the year and, and you know really have a chance to do something special this year all of a sudden when, when all hope seemed lost really uh, so early on. That being said, uh, you know I don't believe USC's at a level uh to beat the number four team in the country on the road. I know a lot of people think they are. I know USC is a very talented team. I know a lot of people are picking USC to win this game outright, even. Uh, Scott Schrader on our website picked USC this week on the podcast. I'm not going to do that. Um, I just I, I can't see it happening. I don't think USC is there yet. I don't think that they're that good. I think you have to be really good to uh, go into a place like Washington and win on the road, especially when Washington's undefeated and, and potentially, you know, a top four team. Uh, USC's not there. I, I don't see it happening. Um, I, I think it could be close. Uh, I think USC has the talent to give Washington problems, uh, but I'm interested to see what's going to happen up front. Uh, if USC's offensive line is going to look as good as they have in the past few weeks, or if they'll regress and look at the way that they did uh, against Stanford and in Alabama uh, when they have to play a team like Washington, uh, you know, who has a, a big physical defensive front and is a, is a highly ranked team. I'm interested to see if USC's defensive line uh, and defensive front can hold up against a team like Washington as well. Uh, the Trojans have looked great defensively uh, and looked just fine, uh, you know, along the line in these recent games, but it was an issue before, and I'm, I'm, you know, kind of waiting to see if it's an issue again when USC has to play for a real team. I expect USC to have issues in this game uh, that, you know, were kind of overlooked uh, because they were on this win streak. Uh, I, I think USC um, could be hurt. Uh, by the play of their offensive and defensive lines, as I just mentioned. I think that uh, turnovers could kill them. Washington is, is one of the best teams in terms of uh, you know being on the positive side of the turnover margin. USC is very average um, when it comes to that. And I think that, uh, that that could hurt USC in this game. Um, I've seen USC, you know, put the ball on the ground and throw some potential interceptions that, that didn't get picked off, and those balls on the ground maybe didn't get picked up by the other team. And I, I wonder if that will continue against a team like Washington that seems, uh, you know, very keen on, on creating turnovers and getting takeaways. 
Um, I, I wonder uh, how everything's going to hold up for USC uh, on the injury front, too, with the running backs. I want to see if they're completely healthy and if that run game will be able to continue to thrive uh, with a banged-up backfield uh, against a team like Washington. There's a lot of questions for USC, and I think that, that we're going to get answers after this game. Washington is a team that will take advantage of uh, turnovers, will take advantage of a questionable defensive and offensive front. And if they're given big plays, uh, the way that you know Cal, Oregon, and uh, Arizona, a couple other teams were you know given potential big plays uh, I f- at times, I feel like Washington, unlike those teams, will convert those potential big plays. Uh, so if USC wins this game, uh, I'm going to give all the credit in the world to Clay Helton and his coaching staff because I think that they would have had a tremendous turnaround this season. Uh, maybe one of the most impressive turnarounds I've seen. Uh, and uh, if USC wins this game, I think that they were able in one week to get the Trojans playing at an elite level where before they were not playing that way, despite what the scores showed. In a lot of these games recently, USC had issues, uh, issues that I think I've mentioned. Uh, and uh, and if to beat Washington, you would have to clean up on those things. So I think it would be an all-around great coaching job if USC does go to Seattle and win this game. I don't think it's happening. I think Washington's going to win. I think they're just uh, too far ahead of SC. I expect USC to be a fringe top 25 team, a four-loss team, potentially five-loss team. Who knows? Uh, Bowl game might factor into that. But pretty much what USC has been in recent years, they haven't taken that step forward yet. In my opinion, it seems like business as usual, even though they are on a little bit of a win streak. So I expect USC to be that team in this game, lose to Washington, finish with that record, uh, finish around the fringe top 25 when everything's said and done. And I expect Washington to be a national championship contender and compete for a playoff spot. And I think that the Huskies are going to keep rolling and doing that this year after this USC game. And uh, I think the score will reflect that uh, and the difference, in in my opinion, and and their rankings. I think the score will show it. I expect Washington to win this game comfortably. I really do. Uh, you know, at this point, I I'm thinking a a forty two to 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 twenty eight win for the Huskies. Um, I think that. Washington is probably the most explosive offense and most dangerous offense that USC's played all year. And I expect that uh, they'll expose USC's uh, defensive front a little bit, uh, the defensive line spot, I should say, uh, for the lack of depth, and and, uh, really take advantage of them, be able to run the ball more effectively than people are going to expect. And and, uh, because of that fact, be able to take advantage of them on deep passes, too. They're going to score. Washington's going to score more points than people expect. And uh, Washington's defense is tough, too, and they're going to be able to hold uh, USC down a little bit more than I think people expect as well. I still think USC will get their points, get to 28, make it a close game. But um, Washington's defense is, is going is to be clear that they're a bit of a different animal than uh, anybody USC's faced in, in many weeks, probably since Utah. I expect Washington at home to get this thing done big. Again, 42-28 Huskies. Thank you, Swanee. There you go. And if you want Adam J. Maya's prediction, you know where it's at. It's in the Maya Tenfold this week featuring everyone's favorite kosher fella, our friend, the man who gave us this famous drop, as we call it in the business. Oh, yeah. The one and only Yogi Raw is with Mr. Maya in the Maya Tenfold. So be sure to check that out on the site, trojansports.com. If you're not a premium subscriber, then you're not going to get the access. That's why you got to subscribe. Less than 10 bucks a month, homeboy. 
Cheaper than a cup of cups of Starbucks coffee in your week. Oh, yeah. Do it right now. Trojansports.com. Give yourself a Thanksgiving treat. Because, you know, Mr. Swanson's just like a candy yam in the night. Why not? What does that even mean? I don't know. That's going to do it for our preview show. Enjoy the game. Number 20 USC, number 4 Washington. Let's go Trojans. Fight on. Let's shock the world yet again. Let's make it six in a row with Sam Darnold and Clay Helton. Let's do it. And we'll talk to you on our Sunday night, Monday morning recap show. Can't wait. Washington, USC, Husky Stadium tomorrow, 4.30 p.m. Enjoy the game, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon right here from Trojansports.com. Situation they got me facing. I can't live a normal life. I was raised by the state, so I gotta be there with the hood team. Too much television watching got me chasing dreams. I'm an educated fool.